Hey, welcome to Crocker and Cone. That's Eric Crocker. I'm Grant Cone. Uh, Niners just wrapped up day two of training camp a couple hours ago. I'm sure you guys read all the reports. We're going to start with Trey Lance, who struggled today. I'll give you my impression, but from afar, what, it, what was your impression? Like, what is the what is the sense around the fan base right now about what Trey Lance did today? Well, my initial reaction was I, I thought that was going to be yesterday. Every training camp, every football team I've been a part of, the defense starts faster. It usually yep. takes the offense a little bit longer to mm -hmm. to come around. And uh, I'd say even more so when you have a defense that's really good, like the 49ers have. Well, they're projected to be really good. They are really good last year. So mm -hmm. I expected some struggles, but I thought day one, I'm like, 9 for 11? Like, how? And I know some of the things were underneath and things like that. But uh, – what he what happened today? I was expecting to see day one, so uh, definitely no panic or worry or anything for me. Uh, the thing I like to see in situations like this is, well, how does he bounce back? Does he do this the same exact things where he missed? Uh, I heard a slant route behind somebody. Like, does mm -hmm. he correct that? You know, overthrowing the pass, like all those things. Are those mistakes consistent, or do you leave tomorrow's practice saying, oh well, okay, uh, yesterday he did this, and then today? He improved in this way. So that's how I would take it. It's interesting you mentioned yesterday. So what was the difference between day one and day two? Day one, they did seven on sevens. He didn't miss in seven on seven. Today was all 11 on 11. And so pass protection was an issue. And here's how the day started. Usually, I don't know how your teams did it, but on Kyle's teams, it's always run and play action first. So the first sec uh, section of, of practice, he's either going to hand off or play fake. Every time he play fake, the first three times, as soon as he turned around, there'd be a defensive end in his face. Mm. And you know how it is in practice. Like, that's a sack. But the play doesn't stop. Like, like the defensive end gets his credit, but the quarterback keeps going and tries to do throw, throw a play. Throw down. a random pass that he yeah. would have never really thrown. Yeah. Right, but it's, everything's, all, like, messed up. Everything is off script at that point. And that was pretty much his day. He got sacked five times. He scrambled twice. He was never really able to get into a rhythm. Those are the excuses. Also, no Debo. And without Debo, this offense is pretty weak. But I did see something that he needs to fix. And I think I maybe maybe it's just early. But to me, I think he has an issue throwing left. Mm. Throwing left is hard. I don't know if you saw this with quarterbacks that you played with, but Colin kind of struggled with this too. A lot of his picks came left. I think the Seahawks figured that out about him. You just don't see it as well. You really have to open up. It's very natural to throw to your right as a right-handed guy. But throwing to the left, you're almost blind unless you really open up. And I – the pick came to his left today. He he threw blind to his left, got intercepted by Jimmy Ward, who was just robbing the slant. Anyway. Well, yeah, no, that's that's a great point. And you talked about opening up enough. You know, one thing I remember watching this clip of Tom Brady, and mm -hmm. he was talking about, like, uh, you know, being accurate and throwing the football. And he always talked about pointing that shoulder to kind of where he's throwing the ball to. So you definitely want your shoulder closed, but getting it in that direction. So if I want to throw over here – I'm going to get my shoulder aimed in that direction and then follow through that way. And going to your left, it is a little bit harder because now i got to open up all the way to get that shoulder there and then make the throw. So, uh, again, that's one thing where do they say something about it in their uh, meetings? Hey, they're probably talking about it right now, right? Like, hey, look what you did here. Just, you know, open that foot up or open that step up, et cetera. And then you just look to see, does he correct it? And, and that's the thing that I would be looking at most. Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny to me, like throwing left is, is a difficult thing for quarterbacks underrated, but some guys do it really well. Ironically, you know, who throws really well to his left? Jimmy G. Yeah. Because Jimmy, 
Jimmy's like a second baseman. He's got his hips already opened up. He has nothing on his throws. Second baseman's throw left. It's that little flip throw. Jimmy, Jimmy has no problem throwing to his left. It's just he doesn't have anything on his throws down the field. He's very opposite from Trey Lance. Trey Lance yeah. is a lot like Colin Kaepernick, who was very successful. But once the book was out on him, the, the whole throwing left thing, I mean, that was a problem for him. I wonder – well, I mean, the book isn't out on Trey Lance yet. We're starting to we're starting to learn, but well, this is- at some point it will be right. Like yeah. at some point there will be things that is like okay, well he doesn't do this well, or he doesn't do that well. Like that's the one thing that teams are going to try to identify as quickly as possible. And is you expect struggles from a young quarterback? I would say it's more so on Kyle to figure out a counter to that, right? So if I know, hey, my guy, you know, throwing left. Uh, you know, from certain angles, it's a little tough. But, you know, we do remember, say, preseason. There were a few throws that I thought he made very well to the left. Absolutely. Uh, but both of them, he was out on the move. So maybe if I do want to go left or I do want to th- roll left, my counter to him kind of struggling just from the pocket to throw left is maybe if I get him out on the move, he can flip those hips and then make those throws. Because I saw him do it three or four times in the, in, the, in the preseason. Once to uh, uh, Richie James mm-hmm. on a little bootleg in the Chargers game. Uh, there was a slant to the left. There was a um, a rollout to J- Jalen Hurd. Remember, he was going left, and he went that way. Uh, there was the throw against the Houston Texans, where it probably should have went to Kittle right now, but he kind of moved backwards. He was kind of falling back and opened up and threw the ball. So, uh, you know, continuing to kind of figure out ways to work around some of his limitations until he makes it in strength. He absolutely is good rolling to his left and throwing. And you're right. It's because he can flip his hips. He's such a good athlete. It's, I'm talking about from the pocket, throwing left. Right, from the pocket, yeah. Remember against Houston, where, uh, where did he throw his interception? To the left, yep. From the pocket. So this is he's very young. He's inexperienced, something to work on. It's interesting to sort of – been so focused on Jimmy the last five years and what he doesn't do well. Now we're starting to learn the strengths and weaknesses of his replacement. Uh, big day for him tomorrow. Hold on. we got a couple of questions real quick before we move on. The Meg says, hey, guys, what, do you, what days are training and which are off? They got two more on. They got Sunday off. They got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday on. They got Thursday. Tuesday. Off. I mean, typically it's like what four days on, one day off. Yeah. Is that how they doing it? Day off, and then three one, three one. That's how they usually do it. Okay. Uh, Josh, they changed it, man. Like when I first started covering the league, it would be two days no pads, and then pads the rest of the way. Now it's like five days no pads. Kids yeah. these days. Kids these days. Hey, so, thanks for becoming a member. <laughs> uh, he says Richard Sherman just said the secondary could be one of the best in the league this year, based on what you've seen so far. Could that be true? Yes. Uh, Hafunga looks much better than last year. Mosley looks much better than last year. We're going to talk about him. Ward is good. Both wards are good. I just don't know who the nickel is. And the Niners don't really test the nickel because they're such a two-wide receiver team. But we'll see. Um, All right, that's it. Let's move on. Let's talk about this offensive line. I don't mean to bring up excuses, but this offensive line today. Okay, there was no Trent Williams, no Mike McGlinchey, no Daniel Brunskill. And that means no – I mean, Mack and Ty Watson aren't on the team anymore. So you got five new guys out there. It's not looking great. Um, I, actually, Aaron Banks seemed like he was doing okay. Colton, the left side seemed like he was doing okay. It was the right side that kept getting caved in today. That Spencer Burford and Jalen Moore, they may be really talented, but I don't know if they're strong enough to play yet. So I don't know what the – I think the Niners really need McGlinchey and Brunskill one more year, both of them, to be good. Yeah, well, you talked about struggles from Trey Lance. It definitely doesn't help when your offensive line isn't really protecting. You have all those young guys out there right now but you know that is good i listen typically practice from my experiences is where you try to figure things out you're there's going to be mistakes uh there's going to be 
good things that happen, but ultimately it's what can guys do? What can't they do? Who's getting better? How can you improve? Like that's typically what you use that time for. And it is tough in training camp uh, or when media is covering things because they're covering everything that happens. And that's kind of just you when it happens. So the offensive lineman right now, they're trying to figure out, okay, who, who can play? Can you play here? Can you play there? Her Brun school taking snaps at the center position. Well, they know he can play guard. Yeah. So if something bad happens at center, it's like, well, okay, we just put him out to guard. So, uh, you know, there are different things that they're trying to figure out, especially with some of these guys that are reserves. Aaron Bruford, like, can he start, though? Can he start at guard? This is a guy that they drafted at UTSA, an athletic uh, offensive lineman. And they got to figure that out. But also, again, this early in, my, my answer to a lot of these type of situations is, how does he, re like, what does it look like tomorrow? Because... I expect guys to get beat. I expect guys to get whooped. Do you compound that mistake with another one the following day? That's when I'm a little alarmed. If you think about it, like we sh this should be expected. So you got no Trent Williams, no Mike McGlinchey, no starting right. offensive tackles, and Nick Bosa's out there in the best shape of his life. What were we expecting? <laughs> Colt McKivitz and Jalen Moore against Nick Bosa. Like you'd almost want to say, like if you were Kyle Shanahan, be like, D'Amico, can we just give Nick the day off? We're trying to practice. We can't block Nick Bosa. We have backup offense attack. I mean, I, I that's the way it used to be with Alden Smith 10 years ago. There'd be some days it's like, man, the, the offense really can't practice today. I don't know what it is. Like if Joe Stanley had the day off, it's like, dude, you got to give Alden Smith the day off too. That might be part of it. I mean, what are we really expecting Jalen Moore to do? But the thing that's more, I think, concerning is that Spencer Burford really couldn't block anyone today. Armstead was out. Mm. Kim Hall was out. He's a rookie. He's going to need a year. I think he's probably going to need a year. Yeah, well, and I think for him, he's trying to fight for not just a starting spot, but maybe that swing guy yeah. where he can play tackle, he can play guard. But yeah. if he's getting beat like a drum by everybody, again, gotta gotta change it quick. And and again, it's it's still early in training camp too. So if I was him, or if I were talking to him, I would say, look, okay, we, we see these mistakes. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You know, stay after practice, work on things. I heard Trey Lance was after back practice working on deep throws with. Danny Gray, like, Good. cool, like, do do those things. Stay after, get extra reps with, with something uh, before it comes to habit. And that is another thing, too, especially with rookie office alignment. You know, maybe they're teaching him things differently than he learned at UTSA. Matter of fact, he was a tackle at UTSA. Now yeah. they got him playing guard. The footwork is different. The hand placement is different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, trying to adjust on the fly those things as well, working uh, new techniques, that can be a little challenging. Yeah, if, if Banks wasn't ready to start as a – it just feels like it's it's hard to get an offensive lineman who can really step in as a rookie and play well. Those are usually first-round picks. Because well, what not I've Banks. Seen, uh, I don't know. Usually the, like, the difference between a 22-year-old offensive lineman and a 27-year-old D lineman, like, the strength difference is crazy. Those yeah. offensive linemen aren't ready right away, at least from my Grown man strength is a real thing. It is a real thing. I'm 34. You should see how strong – I'm just kidding. Uh, Niners daddy says bigger concern O-line or wide receiver group with no Debo. Wide receiver group with no Debo is, well, I don't know. I, I would have to say O-line line. would be the bigger concern just because it's really hard to scheme around that. Like, if you don't have Debo, you can do things to where you free other guys up, with screens, pick routes, you still have George Kittle, you know, uh, different things to get the ball in IU's hands. But offensive line, you can't really hide that. So, again, now, we are still talking about an offensive line that does not have a few of their starters out there right now. So uh, that can make things look worse.
it, think about it like this. If you did have Trent Williams and maybe Brunsko at center and McGlinchey at tackle, maybe the guards look better. You know, so there's that aspect of it. Well, where maybe there's a little help. Maybe there's times where Bruford is supposed to be helped by the tackle, maybe a chip or something, and then he's not getting that help because he has a uh, a guy that played limited snaps before, and the communication is off. And one thing about playing offensive line, especially in this like zone scheme and all that, you gotta play in sync. You gotta play in rhythm. Everybody almost has to move as one. So if a guy is off, that can make things look drastically worse as well. Waruna wants to know if, if uh, he should worry about the offensive line, even if Trent is available. To me, it's the biggest question on the team. Some people think the quarterback's the biggest question on the team. I don't know if you need to worry about it. There's a lot of things in life to worry about. Don't worry about the Niners. You got enough stress. Thayer Lewis says, do you think Trey Lance will fumble the first half of the season like Jimmy G did the first game last season? Was that Alex Smith? Was that was that Alex Max butt sweat? Was that the reason that he fumbled that? He was the one with the sweaty butt, right? Yeah, the butts, yeah, sweaty yeah. butt. Uh, Cole Harkey says, were most of Trey's misses a result of bad ball placement and not being on time or elite defensive play? Uh, some uh, You mentioned there was a slant behind a wide receiver. That was bad. He threw a pick right to Jimmy. That was on him. A lot of, a lot of other ones were, were uh, he's sacked, he's tagged, he's trying to extend the play. It's like that kind of stuff. Yeah. It, I would call today's practice, the, the technical term for it was a shit show on the offensive side. But, again, that happens a lot at the beginning of practice. Uh, camp. So, Flav, Trey had a bad day. Surprising. I'm uh, on to TDP, though. Easily best vision of any Niners back I've seen since Gore. How do you look today? Yeah, I mean, I think a Jimmy Garoppolo fan should come to expect these bad days from quarterbacks because he made them a regular thing. Ty Davis Price, we're going to talk about him next. He's very interesting, and I think he's kind of the – we're going to talk about him right now. Trey Sermon versus Ty Davis Price. Real quick, before I say what I've seen, when you evaluated both of them on tape from college uh, – did they have similar similarities and, and differences? How do you I'd say one of the one of the bigger differences that I saw was that Ty Davis Price, I felt like he did a really good job of it, it kind of reminded me, not not saying he's Frank Gore, but there was this ability to really put his foot in the ground, get north right now, get skinny, and his breakaway speed. I say breakaway, he had bigger runs than Sermon was a little better. I just thought the acceleration, and then once he kind of got to that second level, guys just didn't want to tackle him at all. Uh, he, I thought he brought a little bit more uh, power, and I remember it being very clear why I felt like the 49ers felt like he'd be a good uh, kind of combination with Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, I, I could see. The vision was good, my bad. His vision, I thought his vision was good. Okay. To me, like, He's the opposite of Trey Sermon, which make, which kind of highlights what they don't like or what they're disappointed about with Sermon. I, I'm not sure why they like Sermon to begin with, but he's not explosive. Um, Ty Davis Price is. He's not decisive. I think that's the biggest problem. He's a big running back who stops his feet in the backfield and looks to bounce outside. It's like they don't want you to do that on this team, and you're not quick and fast enough to really pull that off in the NFL. Ty Davis Price is extremely decisive. And he just makes one cut and gets downhill and is really fast and hard to tackle. He's not like I would. It's kind of like the difference between Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert. Tevin Coleman was always trying to like make the cutback or do something flashy. At least that's the way I saw it. Raheem Mostert didn't do anything flashy. He was just efficient and good. And I think that's kind of what I see from Ty Davis Price. He's not going to make a bunch of cuts during a run, but he's probably better than Trey Sermon right now. The way I see it. Mm. 
Yeah. That's not good news for Trey Sermon. And I was asked about him potentially having, you know, kind of a, a good second year. Was it just a one-off? And Is it I think good shape? Yeah, well, shape, that's one thing. But Kyle yeah. Shanahan, there's just certain guys he just doesn't really care for. And when he's looking for something, I, if you – if you had any, I don't want to say faith, but you don't draft a running back third round for no reason, like back to back years, you know, especially after the guy in the previous year, you just didn't want to play him. When I say didn't want to play him, there was a game where against Seahawks, he ran for almost 100 yards. And then the very next game when Elijah Mitchell was back healthy, Trey Sermon ran for seven yards, you know, on one carry. So uh, I don't think Kyle Shanahan likes him. <laughs> so someone was asked about some. I think it was someone was asked about Kyle. Someone asked Kyle Dusek about sort of the changing running scheme or like what they're looking for in the running backs. And he's like, "Yeah, we don't really have Raheem Mostert anymore, but any running back who gets down downhill in our scheme fits our scheme." And that was funny. It's like, oh, like so not Trey Sermon. <laughs> so what okay. you're saying? That's why. And I remember when um, John Lynch was a, uh, a uh, an announcer. He was announcing a, a Niner game against. Seattle. I think it was 2016. And he mentioned, he's like, oh, I talked to, you know how they would do before the game? I talked to Tom Rathman and he said, you know, they really like Carlos Hyde. They just really want him to get downhill and stop bouncing runs outside. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you just got the next Ohio State running back who does that. Right. Uh, yeah, I can see the, the Niners being like, dude, we're a physical football team. Get downhill. And if you won't, Ty Davis Price will. So how do you want to do it? That's kind of what it is from what I see. Um, I did want to point out, though, that the Niners have now spent two round three picks back-to-back years on running backs when they have a serious issue at offensive line. So I want to point out some offensive linemen that they could have had instead of oh, these Hold on, real guys. quick. Before you do that, I do have a question. How sure. did Mason kid look? He looks good. I think he's going to be on the practice squad and to be a guy who they eventually work onto the team like Jeff Wilson Jr. a few years ago. I don't think anyone's going to, like, take him from the Niners. I think he's right. going to be a nice project on their practice squad. He, looks, he runs really my, hard. My issue with them drafting running backs in the third round is you find these guys late, sixth round, undrafted, but then you still use high draft capital, which third round, that's high draft capital on running backs, especially right. after one didn't work out and the sixth round pick was just better. So right. it's like, why, why continue to spend that high draft capital on guys when you're finding guys like Mason who just kind of fit what you do, even if it's not splashy? Right, and the Shanahan's have been doing that for decades. Meanwhile, if you want to get a good offensive lineman, you probably should get him in the first couple of rounds, at least round three. And I'm t- so look, last year they took Trey Sermon like ten picks over Spencer Brown, who's the current starting right tackle for the Bills. I don't know if he's mm-hmm. great, but he's. I mean, the Niners did a right tackle. He's unless McGlinchey comes back strong, and then this year they took Ty Davis Price over Logan Bruss, who's the starting right guard for the Rams. I don't know if he's good, but these are just people that monitor. Because the Niners have an issue on the offensive line, and they could have addressed it, and said they chose running backs, which is like, I mean, we all that's like if we were general managers, we wouldn't do that. It's surprising that Kyle does it. So, we'll see. Justin says practices like today will help Lance with adversity. Maybe why so many two, th- uh, three stringers are playing with the first team right now versus a dominant defense. Yeah, he's not getting touched, so he's under a lot of pressure, but it's not dangerous. Okay, see what you mean. Official BNA Music 88 says, you think Kyle's arm better than Purdy's? He was slinging a little bit. Oh, you were, were you there today? Yeah, Kyle no. likes Kyle like, likes throwing. Did, did you have coaches who would do that in practice? Yeah, well, so one of my coaches, Tim McDonald, uh, you know, obviously he played with the 49ers. Tim McDonald, he was terrible throwing the ball. Like, it was <laughs> – and he always wanted to throw the ball in the drills. And, I mean, his throwing motion, 
People talk about Trey Lance's throwing motion, man. Tim McDonald's was like, it was like Philip Rivers on crack. <laughs> if you think of that type of throwing motion, like it was terrible. But uh, yeah, I definitely have had a lot of coaches that try to live out some childhood dream of being a quarterback. I didn't know he was a coach. Uh, I was an intern at KTVU in 2010, and he used to come in and be a, a guest all the time. He was a cool guy. Yeah, he coached at Edison High School in Fresno. Okay. And then I, and then I believe like the collegiate ranks, and then uh, next thing I know, he's coaching in the NFL, coaching with the Jets for some years. He was our uh, lead defensive back coach, and then uh, I know he was with Buffalo with uh, uh, all those guys as well, Rex Ryan's guys. Doesn't he have kids in the league? Or kids who are he had two boys, uh, one at UCLA, one at USC, and TJ McDonald played some years in the NFL with like the Rams and stuff. Rams, yeah, that's Rams, cool. Dolphins, I think. Yeah. All right, so Debo Samuel still hasn't gotten um, extended, which I think there's time, and I'm sure they're thinking like as long as he's here when the pads go on, like next week, fine. Which so probably probably they're looking at Monday, Sunday or Monday. Still though, um, I'm thinking if Tory Dandy was there today watching Trey Lance struggle, he'd be like, okay. Hey John, we need to talk. Can we can we watch the film from today? This offense is so different without Debo Samuel, and I think it's funny how the Niners have really um, negotiated really hard with him. Like, who are they kidding? They're nothing without him. I mean, maybe maybe on another team he wouldn't be as valuable, but to me, this whole offense is built around what he does, and he should ask for more money today. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's tough because a lot of times it's like this little wording that can make it to where a guy just doesn't want to sign the contract. So, uh, you know, what if they put something in there like, all right, you know, he can't eat Chick-fil-A or something, right? Because they want to go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's like, hell no. Yeah. Like, that's where what we draw the line. Like, five hours of film a week. Like, oh, damn. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, there's always these, like, little weird things that they put in some of these contracts. So uh, there's probably something that they disagree on that could make it to where he signed – this week, and I did see some of the reports that he'll be signed by the end of the week. I mean, it's, it's already Thursday, so yeah, we'll see. But uh, it's tough. He's your best. He's your best player. Like he's your best football player on your team. He did it all. A guy that carries your team. But they have some kind of concerns. They they have to, and I believe that's the only reason why this thing isn't done yet. It's true. He, he it's showed true. up. Yeah. And again, nothing nothing against Debo. He's my favorite player. Debo is my yeah. favorite player on the 49ers. I think he's terrific. Yeah. But you know, there's been added weight and people kind of just throw it yeah. on. Well, he's just a thicker guy. And it's like, well, yeah, uh, so is A.J. Brown. And, yeah. you know, A.J. Brown is one inch taller than Debo Samuel. And, like, he's 200, he Phenomenal weighed 228 thing. pounds, almost 230 at the combine. And he's rocked up. Now, yeah. genetics plays a part in it. But there is a way to be thicker and still take care of your body to the best of your ability. And if they have concerns about Debo potentially doing that, maybe that's why... They have they've been a little reluctant to just give him whatever he wants. Fair. That's fair. All I want to say, I guess, is that if anything were to happen to Debo this year, if he were to be overweight and not as effective, if he were to miss time, his team's in trouble. His team is in trouble. I mean, they were three and five last year with him on the field. He had to like bail them out playing running back. Like he is so integral to this team. I mean, maybe Danny Gray is gonna turn it on down like down the down the line, but right now it's like Kittle's getting a little I, bit older. I don't think you can give Kittle nine targets a game. I don't know if you can give Ayuk nine targets a game. It's, I don't know. Yeah, I did see Debo running sprints uh, on the field. I saw clips of that. And he still looked fast. So maybe the added weight or whatever people say he has going on doesn't matter because he looked fast as hell running that sprint. 
I think the issue with him is not that he loses speed when he puts on weight. It's that he'll pull a hamstring. You know what right. I mean? That's the thing. Anyway, Debo Samuel, I'm sure if his agent was there watching today, he was giggling. I would be if I were his agent. All right. Let's talk about the other wide receiver who was out there, Brandon Ayuk. I've been a little down in the last couple of years because I feel like he's not as explosive as I thought he would be after watching him his rookie year. He's evolved. I would consider him kind of a, a possession receiver. And today he made two diving catches that were really nice. One over the middle. He took a hit uh, in practice where you don't usually get hit. And it's like, I was watching, I was like, that's what Dante Pettis would never do. And that's why I wrote off Dante Pettis immediately. Like, yeah, you, you got to go for those balls. And Ayuk does. Ayuk's a tough, he's a tough dude. I, th- I think he's a good wide receiver. He may not be a guy who averages 17 yards a catch, but I think he could, I mean, Devontae Adams is a possession receiver, right? He's good. Right. Yeah. Uh, Adams, so it's kind of tough too. And and maybe this is something that can help a guy like Brandon Ayuk. Adams had Aaron Rodgers, who even if you don't have much separation, he's still going to put the ball in the only place where you can catch it. All you got to do is just stick your hands out there. Then the next thing you know, the ball is in your hands. That's true. Right? And Devontae Adams obviously had terrific hands. So uh, maybe something like that could definitely help Brandon Ayuk, but you don't have Aaron Rodgers. Well, most people, most teams just don't. So you're going to have to figure out different ways to win. And that was something that took Devontae Adams a few years uh, to learn how to win at the NFL level. Killed everybody at Fresno State. I I mean, maybe only Michael Crabtree had better college numbers (laughs) than Devontae Adams for two receivers who only played two years in college. He tore it up at Fresno State. But winning at the NFL level is different. And it took him a few years to learn that. And Ayuk is now about to be a few years in. That's something he still might be trying to figure out how to consistently uh, free himself up so that he's an easy target for the quarterback. Yeah. You know, when they first paired him and Debo, I thought Debo would be like the, the possession receiver because he's 220 pounds and he can take the hits over the middle. But Ayuk has really gotten a lot bigger and stronger and he has those really long arms. So really, if you're throwing the dig over the middle, I gives you just more, you know, like room for error. Room for like error. error. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He made a very difficult catch while taking a hit. And that's the kind of thing where you like, once you see a guy do it one time, it's like, okay, that's major respect. Uh, that's a difficult catch. So I do respect him. I think he's a good player. He's just not the wide receiver I thought he would be. And I think that's fair. That That's my thing too. And I would say maybe – not the wide receiver the 49ers thought he would be. Yeah. At least not yet, right? And that's yeah. why Kyle Shanahan, he's really been tough on him. But, you know, they drafted Debo Samuel second round. Obviously mm-hmm. at the top of the second round. But then they turned back around. And I feel like if you believe Debo Samuel is your wide receiver one, him heading into that next year, you don't yeah. trade up for a receiver and draft him in the first round. No. Because now you're talking about, well, what about when we have to pay Debo? Or what if right. you're, I'm assuming you're thinking, well, we're not ever going to have to pay Debo a ton of money. Right. So let's go out and get somebody else that we feel like can bring us a little bit more, and Debo can potentially be that wide receiver too. Well, Debo goes off for 1,400 yards, and then Ayuk so far hasn't been, I'd assume, what they expect him to be, which is probably your either one or two target on your team. And right now he's kind of stuck in third. Right, like when they got Ayuk, that, I mean, it was right after Debo's rookie year, and he sort of looked at Debo as, okay, he'll be like the number two wide receiver gadget guy. But Ayuk will be the complete guy who's the number one wide receiver. Right. Now it's like, no. Debo is like Tyreek Hill plus, And Ayuk is like Sammy Watkins. You know what I mean? But a little bit better. I mean, Sammy Watkins, I don't think, would have made the tough catch over the middle today that I saw Ayuk make. Ayuk's a tough dude. He's really strong. Yeah. Really strong. Maybe too strong. But if, if that's how they're going to use him as the possession receiver over the middle, maybe he needs to be that big. So anyway, he's evolving.
Yeah. I think Pull he's up. just kind of got some, like, this natural kind of strength to him. He's got really wide uh, shoulders is what I've noticed. <laughs> Hella strong. Bull, uh, Bull Uppercutter says, any, any early guesses on who the Niners trade for midseason? Ooh. That's tough. And it's hard to tell right now. I mean, if I had to guess, I'd say some kind of guard or center, potentially, right? Like, that's the one position where it's like you might have to try to make some type of move. Uh, just right now, it's just like, who? It would have to be a team that's doing kind of a fire sale where, you know, midway through the year, they're like, mm, we, we're we we're out of it. We're tapping out. Maybe we can move a guy and get some draft capital. Uh, so, you know, it would probably have to be a situation like that. Remember, they traded for Lakin Tomlinson week before week two, 2017. They could do something like that. Uh, Khalil Brasher says, so we have a running back who can hit a second gear like Mostert. Yeah, not like Mostert. No one has a second gear like Mostert, but it's like, like kind of like Debo. Debo's not really trying to make people miss when he runs outside zone for, as a running back. He's just trying to run through arm tackles, and he does it really well. That's kind of what Ty Davis Price tries to do. You see, like, If you take the wrong angle, he will blow through your arm tackle, but he's not going to like stop and spin and do all hella shit. Right. Which is cool. That's kind of the, the Niners style. Callie Tremor, thank you. Um, Jat is Jats. When are you going to get access to the locker room? After uh, cut down day. They won't let us in with 50, with 90 people in there. Callie Tremor says, seems as if Parag has his finger on the pulse of the Niners players when it comes to how much and when players get paid. York's Parag's puppet. Been there forever. Probably knows all the secrets, the family secrets. Yeah, and I mean, you know, there's good and bad with that. Just kind of understanding some things from a financial standpoint that can potentially hurt the 49ers down the line with these contract negotiations, but I just don't know. Because for me, when I signed my NFL contract, it was pretty straightforward. <laughs> you know, like, whatever it said in there, I was going to sign it. So, <laughs> Josh Godman says, have you heard anything about adding a center? No, but they should look into it. The Mech says, IU highlights are all him catching in traffic, bouncing off a cornerback and running for yards. He's good. I'm high on him. Yeah, I thought when he was a rookie, he had sort of that ability to create big-time separation with his route running. Now I think he's more of a contested catch guy. At least that's what I've been seeing from him. But he I am looking for more, you know, when you watch him in college, you know, he's spinning guys around the line of scrimmage. The running after catch is really good. We have not seen that at the NFL level. Right. Every blue moon you see it, like one catch uh, last year against the Cardinals. Trey Lance threw it kind of on his back shoulder. He caught it. And then spun out of there. It's like, okay, that was good. Look, there you go. And then the one where Trey Lance threw the slant to him over the middle, kind of bounced yeah. off a tackle and got out of there. But for the most part, you know, just thinking, oh, I'm going to see him catch passes, make a guy miss, and run off for another 15, 20 yards. We haven't quite seen that from him. No. Uh, 49ers for Life 1982 says, so I saw a tweet that Trey Lance was super bad today, and that's how he will be. You were there. Please explain. Nah, he was uh, he was 6 for 14. Two, two passes were dropped. Wasn't a good day, but like to put it in perspective, Jimmy has days like this all the time. So if you're a Jimmy fan and you're like, well, that's no big deal, then today's like no big deal. If, if you think it's a big deal, then you probably were white knuckling every single practice that Jimmy had. I'm just saying. Eric says Drake Jackson's still out of shape. How does he look? Thinner. Looks better. Mm. He has really big legs. I'll give him credit for that. Really long arms. Just had a little bit of a tummy and it's going away. <laughs> I'm just saying he he looked. I, I was I was. Yeah, no, I saw him draft uh, draft night. I saw the pictures and uh, yeah. Surprised, but no, he does. He definitely looks better. Flav says, "Think Kyle decided to draft TDP after Mitchell got stuffed in the NFC Championship game. TDP basically same exact height, weight, forty times Debo. That is true. Vision is legit. Love him on in third down roll. He looked better than Hasty. Oh, I don't know about the third down roll. To me, he's a two down running back. I don't know if he gives you much on third yeah. down. That's why I think that 
Hasty makes He's good in pass team. protection. He is good in pass protection. That's true. But I think they I, I still think Hasty makes his team. He's the only third down back on the team, and they like Kyle seems to like having a third down back. I don't know. Thanks, Flav. All right, moving on. I wanted to tell you this. From what I've seen in two days, Emmanuel Mosley is one of the more improved players in the team. He seems like he gets better every year. Last year, um, they backed him off and had him playing kind of soft coverage after he had some penalties. This year, no. He's right up in Brandon Ayuk's face every day, and he hasn't given up a catch yet. He's broken up three. He almost had a pick. Today, I like Lance fit one right over. It was a perfect throw. It was great coverage. Lance threw it right over uh, Mosley. I had it turned around and caught it like this. Mosley knocked it out of his hands before he hit the ground. It was like it was a great pass breakup. Um, he's a really confident vet. How good do you think he can be? He's good. I think when you look at really the tandem of the two guys, like that's exciting. And I yeah. feel like he's been one of the, I want to say one of the better corners in the league, but it's like, man, this is a good starting NFL corner. His numbers are really good. And it would be nice to have him play at the line of scrimmage more. I, I thought that the 49ers, which was really weird, I thought they played really soft for corners that are more known to play more like press man. And yeah. even Emmanuel Mosley, like that, he played at the line of scrimmage at Tennessee. He wasn't doing all that off stuff. So, yeah. you know, they bat guys off, have them playing about eight yards off. They're reading zone concepts and things like that, keep things in front of you. But I definitely felt like if he just challenged himself a little bit more at the line of scrimmage, he's a guy that can play with guys. I mean, we've seen him in his coverage of DK Metcalf at the line of scrimmage, breaking up slants, That's running true. go routes with him. You know, it's I, I'm excited about what I've, what I've heard so far. And, you know, I talked about how typically the defense is just – the defense is typically a step ahead to start training camp, like every team I've been on. But if you're talking about a man being pressed up outside and he's locking you down, well, he's just locking you down because he just feels like he's better than you. That's different, <laughs> you know. So um, that's something I'm definitely going to keep an eye on, that that battle right there. And hopefully, you know, in the process, it just makes uh, IU better. Because right now yeah. it sounds like a little – struggling against the corners the outside guys right, right right now i did hear that he was beating guys like amber thomas though so he is but that's sort of the issue that the offense is going through right now lance is going through right now pass protection isn't great and the short the corners are shutting stuff down everything has to be over the middle it's uh kind of interesting um with mosley i'd like to see him cover debo because like He's a good corner, but then I still can't forget week one, 2020, when they put him on DeAndre Hopkins. He had like yeah, 14, 14 catches. Yeah. yeah, something like that. So can you, can, you, can you really match up with the best of the best? He's not right now. He's matching up with Ayuk, who is not There were some guys that were upset with that game plan. And I, I remember there were some there were some Yeah, veterans Robert that Sullivan, didn't like, care. Put on him and line up 15 yards off the ball and just like, why, why are you conceding all these catches? And yeah, I, thought I got, I got some like, well, DMs from – Got some DM, DMs from a veteran that did not care about that game plan. Yeah. <laughs> I think I know who it was, but I'm not going to say it. Uh, but I feel it. Um, Emmanuel Mosley, all I can say is I don't know how good he's going to do against DeAndre Hopkins this year. But against Brandon Ayuk, he's better than Brandon Ayuk. I'm sorry, Brandon. But Emmanuel Mosley's got you right now. And that's that sort of says how good of the corner. If he could just catch the ball when it hits him in the hands – he would be a pro bowler, I think. But right now, like, his man coverage is tight. Tight. And, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. As opposed to Ambry Thomas. Ambry Thomas having a tough two days, man. Maybe he'll he'll turn it on, but anytime the Niners need to make a quarterback look good, it's like, throw it Ambry. Sorry. Is And is Trey Lance, does Trey Lance have the luxury to 
go against him because I know he's no. I know Sudfield's Sudfield's that group. wearing him out. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they got to uh, get. What Anderson about Castro sure. Fields? Uh, I haven't noticed him giving up. He's playing with the thirds. So what happens is it'll be like three, four reps with the ones, three, four reps with the twos, and then two reps for the thirds. So they don't, they, I don't see him as much. Yep. But, I know um, how that is. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll keep a closer eye on the third stringers uh, for you and for people who care because these guys are going to be in the practice squad. Um, and he does, he's a lot like Ambry in the sense that he's got all the physical gifts. It's just a question of what can he do at the catch point. That's my thing with Ambry. He reminds me of Chris Culliver. Super, I mean, he's got, he's the athlete you want, but when the ball is there at the West, what's going to happen? And Culliver was just confused. Like he couldn't find it. Yeah. You could find it. Big you didn't corners, run a Culliver was a big corner. He was big. He was fast. He, he was a four, three, six foot corner. You got in round three. It's like, wow. It's like getting a, a Corvette used. It's like, wow, only 20,000. Yeah. Well, what's the problem with, uh, you can't catch the ball. It's right. can't find. It. So I don't know. I know you intercepted a lot of passes. Not in the NFL. Not in the NFL. Really, league, yes. <laughs> Matthew Sanders says, am I the only one who doubts Debo can reproduce last year's production? He was on an insane pace. All due respect, but regression to the mean, probably fair. Last year was uh, impressive. It's hard to repeat 1,400 yeah. yards and, you know, another 300 rushing and 14 total touchdowns. But <clears throat> if you were to tell me he had 1,200 receiving yards, you know, seven uh, receiving touchdowns, and you know, 180 rushing yards. I would say, yeah, I could see that. Uh, yeah. Um, how's Demo looking? Haven't heard nothing about him. He's playing opposite Ambry Thomas and benefiting from playing opposite of Ambry Thomas, if you know what I mean. But I think he's doing better. I think he's doing better. He really seemed to lose confidence last year. Uh, Mo, thank you. You asked what's going on with Jordan Mason. He's playing with the third stringers right now, like Ty Davis Price, and he basically. He is a less fast version of Ty Davis Price. Mm. Ty Davis Price has explosion. He's fast. Jordan Mason built the same way. He's like a 4.6 instead of a 4.5. But he runs really freaking hard. Which, again, Trey Sermon. Did you get the picture? Look at Jordan Mason. Look at Ty Davis Price. This is what they want you to do. And, you know, he's, he does seem like he's in much better shape. So if he can run the way they want him to, he'll make the team. Yeah. Um, one more. The coaches, I have a sneaky camp competition for uh for hasty fellas jordan mason he's unreal in space and is actually an underrated pass catcher you can get hasty production with added size and physicality thoughts possible also trey sermon has good uh, hands too so if they want to go like seen hey, mason at all i couldn't even tell you what he looked like so uh jordan, maybe that's something I, I, i'll dive into tonight he played in like the, the georgia tech triple option where he was like the up back doing the dives and stuff oh. so it reminds me of when uh jeff wilson was coming back and it was like you know i knew he was on the team I saw a guy wearing number 41 at the time, I believe, when he first showed up. And I just didn't really pay much attention to him. And then all of a sudden, it's like, hey, he's, you know, practice squad. And the guy that could potentially come up. And once he actually got to play, I'm like, hey, I like this kid. He runs hard. If the Niners cut Jermichael Hasty and try to get him on that practice squad, do you think he'll make it or do you think someone will sign him? I could see him potentially making it. Uh, I, I, I believe that if you lost him, you wouldn't care. But if you are able to add him to the practice squad, you'd like that it's a guy that's been around. And, I mean, they utilized him in key situations, third they downs, uh, being a pass catcher. I mean, hell, think of the NFC Championship game when Jimmy threw that behind-the-back no-look interception. He was throwing to Jermichael Hasty. So. He was. You know, Jermichael Hasty reminds me a little bit of 
Remember Chris Thompson on Washington? Yeah. 25. Shanahan's yeah. drafted him. He was supposed to be the uh, the change of pace back for Alfred Morris before mm. they got fired. Anyway, I, I remember I think him, the smaller uh, pass catcher, uh-huh. and they had like Roy Hulu. Yes. Yes. A, okay. Yeah. Chris Thompson was good. I, I I think Kyle likes him. I could be wrong. But if they can stash him on the practice squad, there's no reason to keep him. And I know they don't want to cut Trey Sermon after trading up in round three to get him and passing on offensive linemen who are now starting in the NFL. Yeah. Um, are there any more? There might be one last one. Big Tim Three says, Grant, I know you got a job to do, but I don't care what you say. You still love the Niners, bruh. <laughs> I grew up loving the Niners. What album covers are on your wall? They were my mom's albums. So I got them in honor of her. I got Prince 99. I got Morse Day. I got Rick James. I got Teddy Pendergrass, James Brown, Rick James again, Hall and Oates, Michael Jackson, but early Michael Jackson. Later Michael Jackson gets a little problematic. But I don't know. I don't know how you feel about his. Did you watch that? Anyway, we don't need to talk about Michael Jackson. <laughs> early Michael Jackson's cool with me, though. <laughs> yeah. uh, Croc, thanks a lot. I know it's later in Arkansas. I appreciate you coming on late. We usually do it. All early. good. Thanks for having yep. me on, bro. What do you uh, tell people what you got going on the rest of the week? Oh, man. Uh, almost finished with all the podcasts for the week. I was on Bleacher Report today talking 49ers. That was pretty Whoa! cool. That's tight. That was cool. Yeah, that was cool. It was like live. It was on their website. It was on my friends got notifications and it was like Eric Crocker is live talking 49ers on Bleacher. They're like, what the heck? Croc? Like, so uh, that was cool. I was nervous as hell. At first, I was sweating and stuff. I'm still, I don't know, Facebook shiny, but uh, yeah, it was cool, though. It was cool. Gabriel says, how's the defense compared to 2019? I think this secondary is the best secondary they've had in a while. It's really good. And if Rhett comes back, watch out. Um, Somebody asked me about that. I still, heading into 2019, or not 2019, excuse me, heading into 2020, I was more comfortable with where this secondary was as opposed to this year, as, just as a whole. But again, this, de- this group definitely has the potential to be better than what yeah. that group was. But heading into the year, it's like, man, you got... You know, Witherspoon, he could be a starter. You got Emmanuel Mosley, he can start for sure. Right. You got Jason Verrett. You have Richard Sherman. He was coming yeah. off an all-pro year. You got Tart. You got Ward. It was just like, this is, you got Shark, uh, Kawan Williams in the slot. It was like, that yeah. was a, that heading into 2020, it was like, I'm very comfortable with this group. It's really good, especially with this pass rush. But uh, it just ended up being, guys just were getting hurt left and right. So, Brian, I got you. DM me. I got you. I'll follow you back and we'll work it out. Thank you, Brian. And say hello to, uh, your wife, Tony, who's doing the merch, and uh, your daughter, who came through with the epic uh, call on Confo. See you, Brian. Thanks, everyone, for watching. I'll be back. Practice tomorrow. See you around.